You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of Endlight entertainment warning the episode you're about to listen to has lots and lots of harsh language so listener discretion is advised it's time for trek off a two-handed kirk punch to your nuts hi and welcome to trek off my name is justin and today um, you're going to notice right now at this very moment, a distinct lack of my fairer partner, um, Alexia, and we will talk all about why she is not here, but who we have in her place today, um, rejoining in the podcast is our very good friend, Paul Sieber. Hi, Paul. Hello. 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 How you doing? So it's worth noting that we, um, that we are actually, cause I usually do this show, uh, um, with Alexia, um, uh, sorry, with Alexia right next to me at the same time. Um, and so it's it's like a new thing that we're trying here as we are uh, talking on the phone. Um, so you are on the phone on one side and I am on the phone on the other side. Indeed, and indeed. you have uh, your recorder going and I have my recorder going and hopefully we get it all matched up and make that it work. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, because uh, if we don't, it's going to be a very silly sounding show. That's true. That's true. Be you talking to no one. Um, so, which I do, but when I do, uh, my doctor says that's called crazy. Well, I think that's when you do take your medication. That's <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Uh, now before we get the tons of emails that I know we'll get going, why don't you Skype? Why don't you Skype? Why don't you Skype? Sorry guys. Um, I stepped away from the mic. I'm paying attention to too many things, uh, saying, why don't you Skype? Why don't you Skype? Um, anyone who listened to our show that we did with JR watches Star Trek for the first time. Uh, knows that that can be dubious. Um, and to be yes, to be indeed. honest, I don't have uh, the recording capabilities um, for Skype. I'm not really sure how it's done. But even every... And I don't know what it is about Skype. Every single time I use Skype, it crashes. Is this is this true for you too, Paul? Well, you know, I have it occasionally. It depends upon what I'm doing with it. But I tried to do a um, multi-person call yeah. Um, not that long ago, and the darn thing just went wacky doodle on me when I tried to do it. So it seems like it's still kind of kludgy. You see, the thing, here's what I don't get. So I have an Xbox 360, and on my Xbox 360, I can turn on a Netflix app, and I can stream HD quality video with yes. six, with, with, with at the very least three streams with AC3 audio, but often I can, I can get streaming like 5.1 surround mm-hmm. um, with with clear crystal clear video so why over the same internet is there not a really really reliable way to to record like one one stream of not cd quality audio as we that seems like that would be a no-brainer i'm sure that the 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 program exists but it it may i mean that's 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 a really good question because you know when you try to get into doing something like this the problem you always end up with is the fact that when you go to Skype, even if you do keep your connection the whole time, the quality isn't as high. Yeah, so, I mean, it's you know. we're essentially so I'm recording at at you know at 
CD quality and you're recording in CD quality. But mm-hmm. when we finally, when I finally compress it down, it compressed it down to mono and it's a little less than CD quality because I'm yeah. having to put so much on. It's all in MP3. It really should not be that hard. I mean, this should no, be, in, this, this should be a no brainer. There should be a program where you record in and the other person records in and you can listen, they can listen. And then when it's all done, the MP3 is formed and they send it to you. And that seems like, uh, and, and the thing is I'm talking at my ass a little bit because I'm sure I'm sure that like a simple five minute Google search will reveal for probably nine ninety nine the perfect program. Yeah, that's highly that. possible. That's highly um, possible. But I, I But you need to would, stop speaking out of your ass, you know. I would yeah, just, yeah. I would rather stand by my righteous indignation because I feel like <laughs> that's that's more fun. <laughs> um so uh, we will be talking today about the mirror universe uh, yes. on Star Trek. Um, and there is so much to it. And I was really surprised by that. But before we do, uh, let's address um, uh, let's address the absence of Alexia. And instead of uh, oh, us addressing the uh, absence of Alexia, let's go ahead and uh, let her address it herself. So um, let's give Alexia a call. You got her. And we're waiting for her to come. Hello. Hi, Alexia. Hi. How are you? Hi. Why aren't you here? To, we're, I haven't. So I, I have deliberately teased the story, but not let everyone know why, <laughs> why you're not here. What, what did you do? Well, like, okay. I, <laughs> let's be clear. I didn't do anything except no. attempt to get to my preview in DC. That's all okay. I did. That's all you did. And then, um, in the course of it doing was the that, road that did it. <laughs> um, no, actually, it was uh, it was the other person. So I basically I got in a fairly horrible motorcycle accident on the way in because somebody cut me off. Ow! I'm sorry. So, I said ow. Yeah, ow doesn't even really begin to cover it. Yeah, no, cover it. I, I, no. I, yeah, re- re- regale us with your tale of woe. <laughs> um, so I was, I was in such a great place at the time, which sort of sucks, like mentally, right? Because I'm like going into DC for my preview. It's like a big deal because you know how I'm in my two friend shows. I'm in um, Tent of Dreams and Occupy, and I'm in in the company of the Sod, uh, which is by Tim, directed by Tim, who you know. And yes, I love Tim King a lot. And I was so excited because uh, Tent of Dreams was actually a part of the preview for Fringe. And I've never done that before either. So I was very excited to be going into DC to do our preview. And I really liked the scene we were doing. I play this reporter in the scene. And I was like, I'm going to be really funny. And the press is going to be there. It's going to be awesome. And I'm bopping along to my 80s tunes because, you know, that's what I listen to on my motorcycle. And as I'm going across the bridge, you're like, rock me, I'm a deus, I'm a ow. I'm trying not. Okay, no, don't try not to make me laugh, but I, I, I can't be as laughy as I normally am because it hurts okay. excruciatingly. Um, but I was, I guess he was, he looked like he was going to take the E Street exit. You know what I'm talking about, right? On Constitution and E yeah. Street where they split. And then at the last second, he was like, nope, just kidding. And got in my lane. Oh my! I guess I guess for those who don't know, there might be people who don't know that we we are all um, we all live in the suburbs of of the nation's capital of Washington D.C. 
Um, yeah. So, so we all we all live in like fairly kind of cool places to live, but then in a yellow submarine. But we we got to go in like through basically the Tholian web to get into DC. Um, that's not a bad descriptor at all (laughs) and so and so the fact is that she wasn't actually hurt by the accident but the the injuries occurred when she was transported to the mirror universe and then when she came back she had the injuries and she had to say it was from a oh okay but seriously wait till okay okay go on my story because seriously it was very star trek wait for it um i'm waiting uh, so so um i Apparently, heard from later, like um, Mr. A was telling me that the the driver told me that he, when he got in front of me, um, and was like, "Oh shit," got tried to get over, right? Even more. Now I was, of course, yeah. swerving to go around him. So in so doing that, uh, that's why I hit him. <laughs> so uh, if he hadn't done that, right, I probably would have just swerved right around him which is what I was doing because I was like ninja like that. Uh, and I'm pissed because <laughs> because apparently my fucking ninja powers did not work. <laughs> now, now listen, I'm, I'm a kind of an expert on ninja powers. So next time you have a question about your ninja powers, you should kind of come to me because I wouldn't make you a ninja. I would make you a godlike entity that gives the ninjas the opportunity to fight. But that's another story. Which would have been even better, right? If I'd had those powers, I would have just stopped that joker in his, at- in his tracks and been like, what do you think you do it? <laughs> Plus, you'd have two giant axes. Yes, and it would. Uh-huh. Anyway, go on. Um, but anyway, like I don't remember. Like I remember, like point of impact, right? <clears throat> and then for me, anyway, um, like apparently, you know, Mister A says I talked to him on the phone or something, because um, there was another like good Samaritan who had stopped. He didn't see what had happened, but he saw me, you know, on the side of the road, um, and I. I was in a weird, I had like weird dreams maybe, because I don't okay. know what else to call them. It was very Star Trek though. It was like, do you remember that episode where Riker is um, doing the play? Frame of mind. Frame of yes. mind. Frame of mind. Yeah. Yes. It was like that. And That's it was weird. like, I. it was weird and disjointed. And there was like, there was a snippet of, like and Worf was there? No, Worf was not there. It was actually I guess it was really like a mashup of frame of mind and the episode where Worf goes between the different dimensions, the different parallels. Yes, parallels. It was a mashup. Later in this episode we should talk about parallels. Yes. I agree. It was a mashup of those two episodes because I actually in that weird dreamy place, right? I didn't have the accident. I had an almost accident where I swerved, I missed the guy. And then I was like, fucking dude, that was fucking close. Whew. Now, now, if this involves a tornado and your motorcycle landing on a witch no, like, um, next I, to a yellow brick road, I was just I thinking. I was just thinking, ironically, that you were actually going to do a play. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the real irony would have been if your, if your weird dream was that the events of the play were real life and you couldn't figure out which. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're in a motorcycle accident, what I guess I'm saying is have better fucking dreams. You know. Oh. <laughs> oh my. Seriously. So what, is, so what were so so what were like? Give, give me the rundown. Give me the litany of of injuries. What happened to you? Um. Well, so 
at the end of the day, I have uh, three, three, three cracked three ribs, cracked ribs fractured oh. scapula, my wing bone, punctured lung. Um, now, what they do for your punctured lung? Like, did your did your lung like did you? They just they monitored uh, it because it was a very yeah. small puncture to just okay. um, that they, they were like we think it's gonna sort itself out. So you didn't like have a pneumothorax or anything. Mm-mm. They okay. were, but that's why they wouldn't let me eat for like. Shut up, medical professional. Let her talk. Stop, stop. I'm just, I'm, I, when, well, because I heard punctured lung and I was like, oh no. I, I, yeah, but you're still, you know, pneumothorax, or, you know, some of us, you know, don't do that's that. That's where, stuff, the, well, know? okay, so you're, the way your lungs are structured like balloons, right? Sort of. And if you puncture it, like, no. they, they, they can, it can like, air comes de- out. It can deflate itself. Like, it, it like, will shrivel, shrivel up, like a, like a, like basically deflate. Like a balloon. balloon. Yeah. And so that's what I was scared might happen. So I'm glad that that didn't happen. Oh, of course, we're all glad that didn't yes, happen. They, you want to act like smarter than the rest of us. By the way, just so you know, I'm trying to torture Justin just to make up for the fact that you're not. So He just has more knowledge than the rest of us. He's not smarter. No, he just likes to show off a little bit that he has. You know, I don't, I don't mind you picking on me um, at all because at least you're not plugging your projects. <laughs> oh. No! <laughs> oh, that hurts. Damn fuckball shit. Yes, there we go. <laughs> I guess uh, I might have to end the, end, end, the, end the evening with plugging my project. Okay, sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> which would be really odd as if like we recorded this episode out of order or something. <laughs> that would be very strange, wouldn't it? By the way, um, in, in your honor, I am having Pinnacle Whipped Cream Vodka, Alexia. Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm. I haven't had any alcohol since it happened. I've been on She's too like, much. I'm drugs. having. I'm having delauded. Yeah, I know. So you said you haven't had alcohol since it happened. There wasn't any prior, right? No, I'm having ten milligrams of Percocet every four hours. That's what I'm having. That's better than alcohol. Uh, you know, it strangely isn't making me very like in a happy place. Probably has to do with all the pain, though. I'm guessing. I'm just gonna go out on a limb. Yeah. <laughs> It won't it, it won't hit your pleasure receptors until after it's done filling the pain receptor. Exactly. And so unfortunately there's a significant number of the pain receptors. It does make me a little oh. bit loopy. Um so that when I have to do yeah. my lines, I'm like, what do I what am I supposed to say again? Fuck. <laughs> Although Well, I'm I I first of all, I'm I'm super glad you're not dead. <laughs> me too. Um, um uh cause that would that would be bad. And, and and Paul would be speaking to, do, to the dead and be a whole different kind of podcast. And, and Paul would have to do a lot more shows. Um, Nobody wants and, that. Well, Paul's a busy man. Paul's Paul's <laughs> all over the place. Second of all, I'm 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 glad I'm glad you're not dead because I look terrible after I cry. Um, <laughs> he does. So, so he does. And, he saw me act a couple of times and he cried. So yeah, and there wasn't um, even a sad scene. I was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> um. But joking aside, I am, I am, I'm sad you're not here with me. I'm excited that you're going to be like rejoining the podcast next episode. And it looks like we're going to be able to do it pretty soon. Um, but, uh, I have been, I've been thinking hardcore about you, but not in a hardcore way. It's okay, Mr. A. That's not what I mean. Can I rephrase that? <laughs> I, mean, I, I've, been, I've been think I've been thinking about your welfare. Um, and uh he has that's all he talked I about was, when he called me and asked me to come on this was yeah I, I was i was i was scared to death uh when i got that first text from mr a 
Oh, he texted uh, it to you. <laughs> um, and and I like I am I am so glad that you're out of the hospital and doing better. And and yeah. I am both I am both impressed and distressed that you're you know still out there doing your shows. But I am. Oh, dude, you much- know you know when it happened. I actually when they had me on the side of the road, the EMTs and everything. I was like, yeah. listen, how long is this going to be? Because I have a show to get to. Really? She seriously They're said, like, "Can we speed this up, please? Can we hurry this up?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> Listen, you know really? I'm dedicated. I, I, well, I had some place to be, man. I didn't have time. I hope, that, I, I hope I hope that you have had um, an outpouring of of support. I know some of our fans have have wished. Oh, they you have. Well. Thank you guys so much for all the the well wishes and the and the the smiles you brought to my face. It's people have been really great, actually. And then the shows that I'm working on, they've been really understanding. And like for one of them, she's like completely reworked all of my entrances and exits so that it's easier for me and like to still be able to do it. And, you know, she's told me multiple times that I don't have to. Um, <laughs> but, you know, me, well, so. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're not working on ninjas right now because I'd probably still make you fight. And I would probably uh, still want to fight. Probably would. And then I, I would know fight, I know you would. That, really that would hurt. be a bad it would be a bad combination. My. My my heartlessness and your incredible work ethic would go well together in this case. It's together true. would make Alexia a pile of goo. <laughs> I would just uh, be like destroyed. But that would be an amazing special effect. I hope I would catch it on camera. I know, right? See, that's um, what's really okay, that's what's really upsetting to you, right? Is because you weren't there to film the accident. Because if you'd been there, that would have been one thing, right? It would have been so cool. Oh, you could have used it in the movie. That it would have been, been very cool. Yeah, no, you would have been like, I have to use that footage. I don't know what for, but something somewhere because it's too fucking cool not to. Well, I mean, all, all in all, I, I know that, you know, motorcycle accidents can be really, really dangerous things. And, and you know, I, I say up and down, I will never, ever ride a motorcycle. Um, and I and I like I am so terrified of what could happen, um, which is why I was so scared. I just have this innate fear of it. And I'm I am. Like I said, I'm I'm just thrilled to fucking death that you're that you're pretty much okay and that you're gonna be speeding in full recovery. I'm pretty thrilled by it too. <laughs> so so go go to fucking sleep and 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 rest up. Because well, I, I will right. wait though. There's something I have to address before I do that though. Oh, is there? There, there is. Oh man, I thought I was gonna get away with this, man. I was. You hear me clear? Hear me ending up? Hear me going like, okay, good, yeah, okay, but but, and nope. No, nope, my, nope, see, man. I may be broken Fuck. and stuff, but my mind is still as sharp as a tack, friend. And damn it, have another Percocet first. Maybe you'll forget. I am well aware of of the email traffic, um, from your little friend, who I'm still convinced you paid off. Which is not okay. Just no, because nobody's I don't, on I your don't side. know who in the world you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I am pretty still out of it, so I can't actually remember his name offhand. But you guys exchanged several emails, and or at Facebook some messages. point, or no, was it on? Were they emails? No, they're emails, and I copied you on them. Yes, they were emails that yeah, you yeah. copied me on because you were like, "See, okay. somebody's on my side. Somebody likes me. Somebody's sticking up for you, not being a hater or something." Um, I'm not a hater. And I believe the thing that, that stuck with me the most, though, is that at some point you said something like that you were, that just because you didn't agree with me didn't make you wrong. And I mean, I mean, the truth of the matter is, like, not agreeing with me equals you wrong. Um, so. Ah. <laughs> Listen to this. Captain Infirmo over there. If I do agree with him, so. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, <laughs> I think it was very sweet that somebody actually uh, rose to your defense because they yeah, feel seriously, like. My goodness. <laughs> they don't know it's, that I abuse you out of love. It's like the only thing that can stand up to you is the road. Nope, not even the road. Ooh. Not even the road. Why? Because I'm still here, motherfucker. <laughs> That's right. She's still kicking. So the road yeah, can suck win. it. There, there, there are two, two giant breast-sized indents in the road. It's more damage than you. Oh, actually, my poor That's left... That's what I call a pothole. My poor left boob is actually pretty tore up. It's very sad is for it? me. Road yeah, road rash. Is, it's horrible. It's really um, bad. I can show you pictures show next time we're there if you want. What? He says he can show you pictures next time <laughs> we're uh, there you know, if you want. The, you know, I I can... No, I can't. No, I'm squirmy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of go with him on the squirmy thing there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, listen, um, I am going to let you go. Um, heal up. Heal up. Rejoin us soon. Where I'm, where, I will. Like, yeah, I miss you. And, and you come back and rejoin us. Rejoin heal us. up. Hold Nobody on, Daryl. Wants me to keep coming back. Daryl has the computer up for me so that I can thank uh, Jeff Allen Polier. I don't know if I'm saying Polier. that right. Polier, Rob yeah. Lighthouse, Shmoo Jacobs, Mitch Marvel, and John Madsen for their get well wishes on the Facebook page. Oh, that's right, John. John also, did, yeah, of course, from Jr. Jr. Watched Star Trek, Star Trek for the first time. That's and JR. and Jeff <laughs> said, um, "Where's Bashir when you need him?" And seriously, for real. I could use some Bashir right now. I'm just saying. Seriously, I, I, but we should try and contact Alexander Siddig and see if he'll yes. just show up at your door. Let's do that. Like, if we could just get out. Ale- like, all he has. To- Have you seen recent pictures of him, man? He's sexier than he used to be, man. Yeah. So we need to get the fans to basically inundate Alexander Siddig, <laughs> so that <laughs> for you, for me, yeah. So that all, oh, listen, all he has to do, like, it's not even much. Like he just has to. All right, yeah, so anybody out there listening, this isn't going to work. This is not going to work the way it did with Jr. Watch Star Trek for the first time. I think he's probably got filters. Like like we could get through to Jr. and John pretty easily, but but this listen on the off chance that anybody has any connection with Alexander <laughs> City, please 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 let him know. We're not expecting the kind of response we got from Jr. Watch Star Trek for the first time. We're not expecting like that level of hospitality, but man. I'm not saying he has to show up, but um, this woman's in love with you is my point. And it's scary. In fact, just run, Alexander. Just run. Don't be like that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice love now. I'm like a married it, it woman. Nice it's not like it a, nice it's love. not, it's not the same kind of like obsessed love that it used to be. <laughs> yeah. No. This is this is more. He's like an ex now. An ex you get along with really well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're friendly. You send Christmas cards back and forth, but it's not like it used to be. <laughs> okay. But seriously, have you seen pictures of Homeboy now? Cuz like no. he's all he's all salt and pepper now and he usually has a little like salt and pepper like growth but not full beard going and uh he's he's got a real like debonair look to him now that he didn't even have before. It's it's What? He's, no, he's he was aged, always debonair. You're just wrong about that. Like once yeah, but again. He's got you know what the difference is? You know when? Do, have you ever seen Remington Steel? Um, of course. Hello. <laughs> right. It's now Pierce Brosnan, good-looking guy when he's in Remington Steel. Oh yeah, but definitely. He, but he wears the twenty years post Remington Steel incredibly well. He's oh when, yeah. By comparison, if I look at him as Remington Steel now, I think he looks a little gawky and not quite as debonair as as later Pierce. 
And that's a little bit the way I feel about about Sid now. If I see pictures of what he looks, look him up because now, like he truly, like he he wears the salt and pepper, and and being twenty years older than he was before, he wears it incredibly well. I mean, dude has aged super well. I felt that. So you saw that picture of all the Star Trek captains all together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you like it, we all had to note that 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 in particular uh, Patrick Stewart and Scott Bakula, they've held together incredibly well. The others, not as much. Right. But um, there's like older than dirt, though. I mean, you've got a little bit of credit. Yeah, but he's not that much older than Patrick Stewart. But but he was that much younger when he played captain. Like, and that's a difference. Yeah. Well, it's just that. It's just I was I'm still so impressed by the shape that that man can stay in. Patrick Stewart can stay in. He is. Uh, um, and then and then Scott Bakula, another guy who wears. The oh, age yeah. Really Scott really Bakula wears his age very age. well. Doesn't even seem to age. No, he doesn't. He just gets more like rugged. <laughs> yeah, he's is. Uh, yeah, I love that picture. I forget who sent us that picture of the captains, but it was it's awesome. Um. All right, that's it. Look, go heal. It's late. You need to be sleeping and healing and mending your wounds. And I know, but I just like generate. talking about Star Trek so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll talk to you in in just probably five days or so. We'll we'll get together hopefully and and be able to pound out a full episode. That sounds fun to me. All right, we love and miss you. I love and miss all of you guys. You you take care of yourself. Heal up. I will, and don't forget to trek off, bitches. <laughs> thank you okay bye. bye so that's the story there um <laughs> moving on moving on to the mirror universe man um, mirror universe so uh now what was your first experience with with star trek when you were watching like were you watching reruns like me I, where when did you first see the the first mirror universe episode do you remember um you know honestly it probably when i was a teenager there's probably i can recall seeing it for the first time and it was yeah. uh uh in that vein, I would uh, just uh, like to throw a little a little one out there. We did an episode um, with the fan film group Starship Farragut um, okay. called For One of a Nail. And it was a story about uh, meeting a culture for the first time on this planet that had the ability to view history. And as it turned out, through some kind of a transporter malfunction, you know, the old Star Trek transporter malfunctions, um, the captain and a couple of the crew were transported back to the time of the American Revolution, at which point they met George Washington. Um, when they get back at the end of the episode, they're all concerned about the fact that they may have messed up with history and changed something. And the aliens say, well, no, no, no. See, we can't actually view our own history. What it is is we're viewing alternate histories that may exist throughout, you know, different dimensions and so forth. And there's a little prologue at the end of the episode where George Washington is talking about the fact that he saw these people disappear when they left, and how interesting it was. And then he shoves a dagger down through an apple, which is almost exactly like the symbol for the mirror universe. So we're kind yeah. of insinuating that we created the mirror universe, which was kind you of know, fun. I hate when I do that. I'm <laughs> constantly creating a mirror universes? universe. It's terrible. Yeah, I really do hate when I do that. Everywhere I go. But um, we got more. we got more talk about that one 30-second tag on scene at the end of that episode we did for the whole episode they were like hey wait a minute what's that supposed to mean and I was like Mwah. you know it was pretty fun <laughs> um, it's always fun to torture but no I remember the first time I saw the Mirror Universe episode and um, I actually had the pleasure of working with Miss Barbara Luna who played the Captain's Woman in the Mirror Universe okay. um, with the folks up at Star Trek Phase 2 up in New York and I have to tell you she is a charming lady to this day excellent that's good fantastic um 
I of course saw this uh, growing up. I was probably ten or eleven, mm-hmm. and they were doing they were doing Star Trek, you know, five days a week at five on Channel Thirty Three in Williamsburg. Oh yes, um, uh, five days a week, and mm-hmm. so so I would always tune into it, and I probably saw it before Next Gen ever came out. Oh, yeah. um, and so I was really attuned to this episode. Now I I do you know anyone who listens to the show knows that I am not the biggest TOS fan in the world. I like it. I have mm-hmm. problems watching it because it's a little dated for me, and it just it doesn't resonate with me as much as the next gen era of shows. That being Absolutely. said, there is a handful of um, of shows in the in the original series that I can glam onto. You know, Trouble Tribbles is one. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Menagerie is one, mm-hmm. um, and this was definitely one. And I think oh, that yeah. of, I think of all the episodes of the original series, this is the one that's probably the like that is in pop culture, even more than Tribbles, I would say. People all go Tribbles, mm-hmm. Tribbles, Tribbles, but I think that like the minute you go an evil guy is you with a goatee, you know what oh, you're yes. talking about. It's oh, it's absolutely. about this episode. You know, it's so, kind of established, it's used in a joke in so many films that the evil version of somebody's always has a goatee. I mean, yeah. how often do you see that now? It's well so so let's uh let's go to um when the episode uh, originally aired um, mm-hmm. Which is uh, the original episode, uh, Mirror, Mirror. Yes. Um, uh, and it's essentially four crew members of the USS Enterprise switch places with their Mirror Universe counterparts and must get home while avoiding being discovered by the Mirror Universe crew of the Enterprise. Yes. Um, and, and of course, on the other side, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you not also have Mirror Universe Kirk is also in the good world? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And of course, the the assumption being made that it was easier for good people to act evil than it was for the evil people to act good. Um, and you know, the thing about this episode that struck me is you, you it's, it's what you always want to see. You want to see the good guys versus the good guys. You know, when I'm a big fan of the X-Men and you would always see like the X-Men, they do everything they could to get the X-Men to fight each other. You know, oh, more yeah. than, you know, and that's, that's when it's, that's when it's, it's killer. Um, it also gives the actors a chance to do something totally different do a what is essentially a cheap ship based show mm-hmm. in with a with a different aesthetic um but it always stuck oh, with me is just sort of the, the this idea of watching your heroes be the baddies you know oh absolutely absolutely i mean that's that's you know one of the one of the things you have to figure is you know after someone's been playing a character for quite some time there's only so much you can do with them you think it's like okay this week you're going to play the same guy if he was bad, no, I mean that's just fun. That's, that's an just opportunity fun. to to just Absolutely. grow and do something else. Absolutely, I mean, just think about how much fun that had to be for the actors. Well, know? and and so in in watching this episode, um, the thing that the thing that always kind of struck me beyond you know Kirk's bizarre performance, and and really <laughs> Shatner gives a bizarre performance, is the idea that that Spock being logical in the other universe. Is still kind of an okay guy because mm-hmm. if you use logic, you know it, it. It almost makes you wonder how good our Spock is. Exactly. You know, like exactly. like if you really think about it, if if he came to the conclusion that the evil was the way to go and the most logical way to go, you might go, well, that is, you know, that's that's the decision he would make. He's just come to a different logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I completely agree with that. So I think I think that it's the other fun thing is is really famously, you know, they when they first showed like pictures of Star Trek, you know, on TV guide and stuff, they they airbrushed Spock's ears to be round. 
because yes. they thought his ears looked too devilish. Oh, so this gave him a chance. The audience was going to think he was Satan. And, and so this gave him the chance to, to actually do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and exactly. to be in there. Um, I see a lot of the seeds in this, in this mirror mirror episode um, that goes into like how the Klingon ships work, you know, the specifically the, the, the ascension in rank by, by killing the person ahead of you. Yes. You know, that's, that is, that is later sort of, sort of reimagined as the way it also works on Klingon ships. Oh yeah. That was kind of when they, when they revisited the Klingons in next generation, they kind of gave them a lot more color than what they originally were uh, on the original series. They originally were just kind of sweaty looking people with a lot of makeup on them. They didn't have much of a culture, but when they went to next gen, they decided to create an entire basis yeah. for why we're not even really next did. gen. I mean, I, I would say starting with star Trek two or starting yes. with star Trek one, where they do the redesign and you hear the language and then totally in star Trek three, when you finally, when the Klingons are the big bads. Exactly. Know? Yes, 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 indeed. I mean, cause then that's when all of a sudden there was more to their character. There was more to their culture, you know, and, and a lot of that was insinuated. There was an episode written for the lost Star Trek series, Star Trek Phase Two, called Kitumba, um, which was supposed to get into a lot of heavy detail about the Klingon culture. It was going to be one of their big episodes of that show. Of course, the series was never realized, so the episode was never made. Well, and and it's it's. I wonder, did they ever? Is that an episode they ever reappropriated? Because I know that the Phase Two. Some of the Phase Two scripts ended up being early. Well, the Phase episodes. Two folks actually took that script and they rewrote it, and they have actually filmed Katumba. Um, it's in post production right now. Really, um, little pickups being done, and it should be out hopefully sometime next year. But they actually did do it. They had to change some elements because some elements don't fit with the Star Trek. Um, what'd you say? Uh, chronology, the, the, the chronology, the way we understand it yeah. now. So there were aspects of it they had to change. Um, to make it fit with the way we know them now, because the way Klingons were laid out in that episode, if had it been ever filmed, was pretty much pretty different than what we expect now from what we saw in Next Gen and so forth. So they made some changes in the script to kind of fit that mentality, but overall, um, the original story stays pretty intact. It's about the Klingon young emperor, the Katumba, um, who's come into power, and of course he's been manipulated and so forth. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty terrific story. It's actually... Uh, Pretty ambitious on their part. They actually rented out um, this location up in upstate New York called Fort Ticonderoga. It was a famous fort um, used during the Revolutionary War. But it's this beautiful old stone building and stone walls with courtyards. And with a little bit of set decoration, a little bit of CGI enhancement, gosh darn it, you're on uh, the Klingon homeworld. And it's pretty amazing looking stuff. I'm very excited and can't wait for it to come out. Wow. That's, so, that's, so again, that's phase two? That's on phase two, Star Trek phase two. And I, I assume those guys have a website. We go, let's go ahead and give uh, them their w- shout out. www.startrekphase2.com. So let me, let me move on to my next experience. My next experience with, uh, with the mirror universe, which is, uh, did you ever read any of the Star Trek novels? I've read a few. Yes. Did you read dark mirror? No, I haven't read that. One. It's one of the ones that I had. Uh, um, and what's interesting about it is that, is that it, like I didn't read a ton of that. I wasn't into the whole Star Star Trek Next Generation novels. I really probably mm-hmm. only read five or six. But this is the one that I read, and specifically because I wanted to see what would happen with a Next Generation Mirror Universe episode. Of all the things you think that they would revisit Next Gen, they never touch this. They never. Yeah, that's ever kind of touched. surprising. I really thought they were going to. It's amazing that they never went back and touched it. It didn't take till what till Deep Space Nine before. 
Well, and I get the, the sense, so I always get. sort of got the sense that Rick Berman was like trying to always distance himself from the original series going, no, we're something else. We're something else entirely. We do something different than that. Um, but then we get to, uh, we get to DS nine and boy, do they let it explode. Um, so, uh, let's, I mean, so this leads to the, the very important question that I think needs to be asked, which is, uh, what would you do if you met your mirror universe counterpart and what would he be like? What would he be like? Hmm. You know, we played around with this when I was with the Starship Farragut guys. And would you blow each other? Because, and if you blew each other, would that, would that be wrong? I think it would be. I think it'd be like blowing yourself. But if you could blow yourself, is that wrong? Well, you know what? Um, what is it? What was the porn actor? Ron Jeremy is famous for doing a scene where he blew himself. So no way. Really? Way, way. How does way. he get I around bet, the guy? Are you kidding? I would bet. I would bet dimes to dollars. Well, he's a big fat guy now, but I guess he wasn't always a big fat yeah. guy. But wow. Really? Some famous scene. I've heard of it. Of course, wow. I've not seen it because it's not something I actually really? want to look for or Google. I'm not looking for it. <laughs> um, but if you want to look for it, I bet you can find it. But I've heard that it is a very famous I've scene heard. I mean, I haven't seen. Movies. It wasn't, so I, I didn't have not seen, I, so I no, would not know I if it's actually true. I don't I've have it memorized. Not at it. all. I, I'm not no, watching it now. It. Not watching it just right now. Let me tell no, you. No, I, I don't have it on my TV. And, uh, <laughs> I don't have it on high definition. I don't have it running on every TV like back when they used to have all the TVs at Circuit City. No. Exactly. No, no. Wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. Wouldn't be prudent. Wow. Thanks, Dana. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. I, I don't know if it's true, but I mean, so I guess, I guess if you know, I guess if you could, what was that? They did a silent live skit one time with uh, Will Ferrell where he went into a yoga class uh-huh. and he's able to bend down and, and blow himself. And, and he did it. And he goes, like, well, that's what I've been training for yoga for years. You know, and they, they came back to him and he had long hair. Wow. And he was still doing it. That's incredible. Like years later. <laughs> he's like, I'll be out in five minutes. You know, so I. So I guess if you could, I, I All right, so, personally. So I give me give me your impression of, of what is what is Mirror Universe Paul like? What is what are we facing here with Mirror Universe? Mirror Paul? Universe Paul. Oh, I think he wouldn't talk very much. Really? So um, yeah, well, because I talk too much, so it'd be the opposite of me, right? Now is he is he is he beaten down because he's not? Because you're a strong-willed dude. So is he beaten down because mm. he's not as strong-willed as you? Or I would I would think definitely. Or is he or is he almost Kirkish where he is? He retains your personality, but he is, you know, using it for nefarious ends. You, you gotta kind of wonder because, you know, when I look at the mirror universe stuff, uh, I, I guess when I when I've seen it and I've thought about, you know, story ideas with the different Star Trek groups I've worked with and so forth. When I think of the mirror universe, I don't necessarily think of everything as being exact opposite. Well, it kind of can't be. I look at it more more like along the lines of, you know, take something about yourself. You know, take one of your take take one trait away. Say, like, uh, for instance, for you, maybe take away your I don't know. Um, openness and okay. expressing yourself. So, what would Mirror Justin be? He might be an introvert. He might be. Oh yeah, he might be shy, or he might be just as you know? or he might be just as open. But instead of doing, you know, instead of like using it for fun and and fun podcasts, you know, maybe I am you know a cult leader or something. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I think it's more along the lines of something like well, that. and that's what I love we were about messing around, you know, with with different ideas like that. When I was writing some stuff for Farragut, we actually thought about doing a full Mirror Universe episode, 
and, and you know, we were messing around with, you know, what would the, the traits of our main characters be that would be different in this mirror universe? Well, what I, what I like. It was really hard to try to think of what that would be. What, what, or rather, what, like, always, what I liked about DS9's uh, take on it, and look, not everybody liked the DS9 take on it. Some people thought they went too far. Mm-hmm. Some people think they went back to the well too much. There, there were seasons that had mm-hmm. two, uh, two episodes of it, um, you know, but there's, the, the thing that I liked is that not everybody was evil and not everybody mm-hmm. who was evil was good. Um, exactly. Uh, but, um, you know, that's not how it was presented in, in the original mirror mirror. Spock was the only sort of mm-hmm. variant. And that's the thing. When I look at that universe, I don't, the problem that I always have is I don't, it's like the, have you seen the movie cars? You know, the movie cars. Yes. Yeah. It's the problem I have is I don't see how that universe gets built. Um, both in cars. You know Thank you, because I agree. With both you in cars that. and in the mirror universe is 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 mm-hmm. being in the universe, being where the cars are, all there is is great. You know that you're the everything's of cars, but who built the roads and who built the buildings and who painted the buildings mm-hmm. and who paints the cars and who processes the gasoline and and who makes the tires and are there cars out there that are never allowed to drive because what they have to do is sit in a factory and process tires all day. Um, no, that's not you fair. know that's and and I feel that way about the uni- the mirror universes. I feel like and I used to feel that way about the Klingons, although they've corrected it a little bit. But I felt like mm-hmm. I always felt like in this universe where everyone is just power hungry all the time, who builds the ships? Ex- yes, you yes. Know. Thank you, thank you. And that was actually one of my one of my, my big questions when we started thinking about, like I said, trying to do something with Farragut was, you know, how do I take these characters and say, you know, I can't just say, oh, everybody's evil. Yeah, it can't be that simple. You know, it can't be that simple. So the idea was to try to take one particular trait of that person and either take it away or exaggerate it. Yeah. Um, a good example was the character I played. I think exaggerating or ta- I think because that's how they did it on DS9, right? Is they And I think that's exactly what they did, but I think they went a little bit too far with it. I think because, you know, really? for one, like you said, I think they did go back to the well too many times. We're going we're gonna to have to argue about they, that because I, I, I disagree, but okay. But, you know, well, you know what, they, you know, it, it, I, I thought, you know, like, for as a good example was, like, when they did it on Enterprise, um, what I saw them do there was pretty much what I'm saying. You know, take a personality trait and exaggerate it. It didn't necessarily make everybody their exact opposite, but there was something different about every one of these characters. And yet I would say that um, while those, and, but there while were still those episodes of Enterprise... There were still people that did other things. While those episodes of Enterprise are among the most interesting episodes of Enterprise, and one of my favorite, two of my favorite episodes of Enterprise, including the opening credits, which are great, and we'll talk about them, but I did oh, yeah. I did find them like to be the worst Mirror Universe episodes that there were, were the Enterprise. Really? Episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, because I... I I mean, and the, which is not to say that there. And again, Alexia likes to joke and call me a a hater and say that I just hate. You I, are I hate on. No, I'm not. But I go. You know, I I was part of the of the letter writing campaign to keep Enterprise on the air. I mean, I I I wanted more Star Trek. You're a letter writing hater. I well, no, I was trying to keep it. I liked it, but I but sure you But were. when you put it, hey, just keep watching your porn. Um. When you put it, oh, there he goes again. When, okay, what was that? When you put it into the pantheon of 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 all of the other like Mary Universe episodes, you don't. I don't. I don't feel like it stands up. I don't feel like it. Well, I feel like it feels small, and I feel like its connection to the Tholian web is is dubious at best. And I think that, mm-hmm. and I think that specifically, the lack of any connection to our universe is a huge problem. Because it was just yeah. The there was no no one from our universe mm-hmm. went there. 
So okay, now you know what I can I can see that point. I can see that point. It's kind of more like a what if episode. Than yeah, it was else. like a what if episode. It didn't feel like it had any weight or consequence. And what I liked when DS Nine did it is that you ne- you know we, you followed our characters, but anybody else you know could be killed, mm-hmm. and we had to see how our characters would react to it. And I, that's what was always interesting. Yeah. Okay, so okay, I can see that. I can see your point. So. Well, let's take it into DS9 because this is where I love it. Um, at the end okay. of at the end of Mirror Mirror, I uh, Kirk basically convinces Spock that hey, you don't need to be dickheads. He says he goes he yes. goes you should or you should adopt a no dickhead policy. And Spock thinks mm-hmm. about it, and Kirk leaves, and Spock's like, I don't think I'm going to be a dickhead anymore. And he convinces pretty much everybody. Um, he convinces everybody to not be dickheads anymore. And yes. so everybody like starts becoming more like the Star Trek that we knew. But unfortunately mm-hmm. the rest of the universe is still populated by dickheads and they and they mm, yes. and the people get taken over. Yes. And because because the Earth people end up becoming a bunch of wimpy. Because they're wimpy because by comparison, everybody else is like a total dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um and so when Doctor So basically Kirk ruined an entire universe for the universe. Yes, for a while. You know, save save the soul. Maybe save their soul, but but destroyed them. Um, yes. And that's when Doctor Bashir and Major Kira come over, and you know they love dropping the name Kirk in that episode. It's the one where Kirk. Oh yeah, Kirk came here. Kirk, Kirk who? Kirk. Don't you know Kirk? You know, it's it's like like we're finally going to reference that the Kirk thing happened. Um, <laughs> and they go over and up. the first thing I love is that there there was some real thought here to go. Okay, what would happen? If, if 90 years passed or however, I think it's, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's exactly 90, but somewhere around there, what would happen if 90 years passed after Kirk convinces Spock to be good? What might happen and what would happen to the universe? And that just, mm-hmm. that was just a, a, a stroke of brilliance in my opinion to just like mm-hmm. to go, the universe you're vid- visiting is different than the one you might expect. Mm-hmm. It's not just the evil version of you. Yes, it's like what would happen. The entire universe was different because of the change that they made. Um, I love that. Of course, everything's on DS Nine. Um, it's a cheap episode to make. You just re- you just light it differently. Um, mm-hmm. I and I just change a few costumes, throw a goatee. Um, so let I mean, first of all, you have the there's the alliance of the Klingons, the Cardassians, and the Bajorans. The humans are the slaves. Odo is making them mine. Miles is smiley. The other Doctor Bashir has a has a, a MacGyver haircut. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Cisco is crazy. Cisco is like sort of playing sort of crazy Cisco, which we get to see a lot on DS Nine. It's crazy Cisco. Um, I like crazy Cisco. I and was well, so much better when he shaved his head and grew the goatee back, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Although there's 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 you know the episode where where uh, Bashir um, is playing James Bond and everybody else is sort of stuck in the holodeck buffer, so they have to be. He gets to be crazy Cisco there again too. True, that's um, true. And and here just sort of that gives this wonderfully unpredictable performance, um, mm. and and jumps over the bar and is you know just sort of lets it all hang out, which is which is fun. Um, I yeah, think I think I would have enjoyed that Cisco more with the Cisco that, mm-hmm. that develops on DS nine at the time that we meet this Cisco, um, the Cisco, the Cisco in our universe is a little more emotional smiles a little more often, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. would have loved to see this sort of happy go lucky Cisco next to, 
the the button down Cisco we get in season seven and, and you know five six and seven of DS nine. Um, yeah, I also yeah. feel like this crazy Cisco is maybe a little more like Avery Brooks. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> did you see the captains? Well, did you see the captains? Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and yes. where he's just crazy, oh, he's yeah. just playing piano oh, yeah. and like like William Shatner's trying to keep up with him. And he, like, oh like, yeah, that's actually kind of like, funny. I mean, what? for William Shatner to be keeping up with anybody. well, and, and William Shatner's like, like, what's the meaning of life? And he's like, you tell me, man. He's like, like, just and he starts playing music, and he's trying. Shatner's trying to sing along, and you just get the you get the sense watching Shatner's eyes that he's just like, dude, <laughs> dude, <laughs> what's happening here? That's true. Um, that's true. So, uh, that's called crossover. The next one's through the looking glass. Um. And mm-hmm. what I like about this is this is the first one where uh, where the mirror O'Brien um, reaches out and tries to get someone from our universe. It's the first time they reach out to us, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. The yes. other interesting thing is the introduction of Jennifer Sisko. Yes. Um, yes. So that I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that that's that's you know like going going where you didn't want to tread on on Cisco's dead wife. And that really gives you an opportunity to have a, a, a different take on the character. Speaking, speaking of different take, I think we need to talk about the intendant. Um, okay. um, goodness gracious me, uh, <laughs> man, Nana visitor who, who sometimes I felt, especially the first like four seasons of, of DS nine had a thankless job. Sometimes. I have to, I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, I hundred. I think she's a talented actress. I think you see how talented she can be from time to time. I think you see it a lot in seasons like five through seven. Um, I completely agree. I think that was very, she was very underused. Um, but uh, but this uh, this version, her being the bad guy and and the kind of bad guy she is, she is luscious, isn't she? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I can't can't argue with that. <laughs> Who would want to? No argument here. Um, no argument And dangerous. All. You really got the sense that she really could kill you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the things that was always kind of missing from the character. The fact that there was no danger. It didn't seem like there was a danger element when there was supposed to be. Um, to be honest, uh, in the first episode, I actually really disliked, of all things, Nana Visitor's portrayal of Kira in mm-hmm. the crossover episode. I felt like Kira was all wrong and was that she didn't do her best acting job. And yet I felt as the intendant, she was brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I did not like her in the first mirror episode. Um, I just, uh, I, I thought she was over the top unnecessarily. It seemed, she almost seemed to me in a lot of ways, she seemed out of place even there, except that the character just didn't make sense. To but me. I liked the, and I, and I don't necessarily want to flaw the actress. But I, well, I think, that's I think the thing. I liked the intended. I, I liked the, yes. the mirror Karen Reese, I thought was great. But she seemed yes. nervous, especially when they were doing the split screen stuff. Whenever, whenever it was Kira's side of the split screen, mm-hmm. she just seemed really off, and I didn't, I, I didn't think it worked as well as it could. No, I, I, no I, you're not going to get any argument from me. I think you're 100 percent correct. Believe it or not, you actually get someone to agree with you, and I think that's shocking. Oh, uh, man, so the audience, the audience should lose their minds. No, it's okay. We'll be here. back. We'll because it won't happen again. Uh, Alexi, we'll be back next episode, and we'll be here to yell at me, call me. She'll in. be back to not agree with you. Absolutely. No, it, it Absolutely. doesn't matter what I. She say. won't agree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I moving on to uh to shattered mirror. Um, it's a return of Jennifer Cisco, uh, okay. where Cisco, where Jennifer Cisco mm-hmm. kidnaps Jake. Captain Cisco has to come back. The one thing uh that is interesting here is that at this point it's just sort of like 
yeah, we've got this device. Just program it in your transporter. You can come back and forth now. Yeah, and it's almost like they made it too easy. It's just like they, you know, we had in the original series, it got too damn easy to do time travel. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's so it's so freaking simple, I mean, it loses something if it's, e- if it's easy. One of the things I liked about when they did it on the original series was it was such a bad accident. Yeah. There was, to get back, there was a one in a million chance at that one tiny moment that they could get back. And now it's here. They did here's, do it at that exact here's a, second. Here's a gadget. They were screwed. Yeah. Here, here. And now it's kind of like, well, now we got a thing we can do. We can go back and forth whenever we want. Wouldn't there be more back and forth going on? Wouldn't there now be ambassadors to the other universe? There'd be more going on if it was that simple. Now, what I what I do like about this episode in particular, um, and I forget if it's this is episode or the one before that where he sleeps with Dax, but mm-hmm. I think it's the one before because I think this is the one where Dax like slaps him for it. Um, I, uh, the, the, the episode is, is, is fun in that it has them trying to build a new defiant. And yes. I think that that's, it's showing sort of the, it's, it's almost the quest for the soul of mirror O'Brien where mirror O'Brien yes. is, is taking some dark choices, but by the end he does the moral thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I really, I enjoy that. And so much Mira O'Brien and O'Brien are the same, which is what I kind of goes yeah. back to what I was saying before, that I don't think just because it's a mirror universe, it means the universe mirror, it doesn't mean the people are necessarily a mirror. Well, here's the O'Brien thing. I feel is like the same in both. I think, well, is he though? I think that that O'Brien, you mentioned how would I be different, or how would you be different? I think that O'Brien is, is, is more introverted and apologetic and. Yeah, but just because he's been late, raised as a slave though. Yeah. Wouldn't you be? Well, that's the thing is, is it's, it's almost as if the, 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 you know, nature versus nurture. The nature is the same. The nurture has been different. Um, That's a good way to look. We are glossing over a lot of amazing things, specifically mirror wharf, who I love Mm -hmm. Um, the -hmm. relationship between mirror wharf and mirror Garrick, which I also love (laughs) um, because mirror Garrick is, is, is so sniveling. Um, uh, I, isn't that wonderful? I love the world that they built. Um, I'm going to talk a little more about the whole world they built when we get to the end. Um, in season six, we skip a season. The um, there's nothing in season five, and then in season six, they do um, what I think is amazing um, in terms of a choice is they have a mirror Vedic Brile come onto the station. Yes. Now, what I love about this specifically is this is like going, we don't care about getting new viewers anymore. Like you have to know <laughs> so much. You need to know who Vedic Brile is, who the what the mirror universe yeah. is, what the relationship is. The episode makes no sense unless you're watching week to week by now. Yeah, that's a really good point because if that, I think, I think for any, for any of the mirror episodes to work, you have to already know the show. There's no impact yeah. um, if you don't already know the characters in the show. Like, oh, that's the opposite of so. Yeah, you just Ooh. you just be scratching your head at this point, like going, "Who is Briar? Exactly. Why do I that, care?" Really, you, like you said at that point, you've really exaggerated the thing because now you're taking a character that even most fans of the show are kind of going, "Wait a minute, oh yeah, I remember the episode he was yeah. in." Now wait, it's like, wait a minute. Um, now you're going to bring that character back a mirror version. Yeah. Well, Holy I love what it does to Kira because we, we watched that guy die. Like we watched exactly. what he went through when he died. We watched Kira's agony as she's at his deathbed. Mm-hmm. And we watch, you know, to bring him back just is so damaging to Kira. And I love it's what they did to Cisco before. And I love that they now are doing it to Kira, um, that they're mm-hmm. using the intendant. But, um, you know, the thing about this episode is that it doesn't, you know, the vast majority of it has nothing to do with the mirror universe. It's their characters coming here um, to steal an orb. Um, Yes. uh, And that's where I hoped it was going. Uh, Instead, uh, in season seven, we have the emperor's new cloak. Now I'm not 
shitting on this episode. This is a fun episode where Zek essentially goes to the mirror universe, is taken as a hostage, and they're like, let's open up negotiations with them. I love Rom's reaction to the mirror universe. Uh, uh, yes. Oh, uh, brother, uh, this is, uh, it's like me, but totally different. You know, it just is, is the comment on it and the absurdity of it. The fact that there's a, yeah. a mirror Vic Fontaine, even though Vic Fontaine isn't real in our universe. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, a mirror of a hologram character that you create. Yeah, that, that it's, it's, they're, they're kind of now commenting on how silly the whole thing has gotten. And yet, who yes. better to do a silly commentary to, to, for me to enjoy it than the, uh, than the Ferengi, you yes, know, the Ferengi, yes. the Ferengi are the ones who's going to, who, who are going to make me. Oh, absolutely. You know, because at this point, that's the case. It's not where I wanted it to go, but this is where it went. Um, yes. in the interest of being, uh, being complete, let's also talk about in a mirror darkly and in a mirror darkly part two from enterprise. And I'm just going to, uh, if you'll forgive me for three minutes or so, I'm going to go ahead and read it straight off of Wikipedia. Go um, ahead, go ahead. Mirror Archer, Mirror Forrest, and the rest of the crew discover that a ship from 100 years in the future in an alternate universe, the USS Defiant, uh, not the one that we know from DS9, but the one that we know from uh, the original series, has traveled to their universe through some kind of rip in space. All the crew members except Captain Forrest evacuate the ISS Enterprise as it is attacked by the Tholians and board the Defiant. The de- Enterprise is, des- is destroyed, and its surviving crew uses the improved technology of the Defiant to chase away the Tholians. Arthur replaces Forrest as captain. In part two, the Mirror Enterprise crew find the Defiant littered with corpses of its former crew who murdered each other to the, the effects of an interphase which causes humans to become psychotic. The Tholians use, use slaves to strip the ship. The overseer is a Gorn named Slar who sabotages the Defiant and gives some of the survivors of the ISS Enterprise. Mirror Archer defeats the Gorn and then his thoughts turn to using the powerful Defiant to take control of the Terran Enterprise. However, it is Miri, Mirror Hoshisoto uh, Hoshisato, sorry, who ultimately threatens the defiance weapons on the emperor of the Terran Empire and replaces him as empress of the empire. Um, immediately, you can see mm-hmm. in me describing it what my problem is with the episode. Uh, well, right off the bat, there's no our universe. There's that, but also it's convoluted as, as fuck. It is, it is really a complicated story. Once again, I think at that point, you had reached a, a point in Enterprise where it was kind of like, we're not going to try to get any more new viewers. We yeah. know where the show's going. We know that the series is going off the air. We're just going to have fun with some fanboy stuff that we've been wanting to do. Yeah, and that's it, That's the thing. It feels like a fan episode. It feels like, let's have the Tholian. And I think it was intended to be a fan episode. I really do. I think it was really intended. Uh, you got the writers at that point, and they were relatively convinced the show wasn't coming back yeah. on the air. And they sat down and said, you know what? We're just going to do the stuff that we've always wanted to do with Trek. Well, this is and like three episodes before the end, right? It's like three episodes yes. before the end of, of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, important, important, important fun note on that. The um, Sulu scope that comes out of the um, the helm, you know, the little scope that Sulu used to always use, yeah. was actually built by the folks of Star Trek Phase 2 and loaned to the production. Oh, really? Yeah, they also sent them some blueprints from which they built some of the sets. Oh, cool. And... Um, and uh, the wraparound that um, the captain is wearing was actually from uh, a, uh, a pattern and uh, fabric sample sent to them from James Collier on Star Trek Phase Two. And that's that's I mean that that is I guess so what they the talked to the fan to. series to try to find out some of the things they needed to do that they didn't have anymore. They didn't have access to. Well, and this this continues what I so enjoyed in the uh, Trials and Tribulations episode of DS Nine. 
to see oh, to see these ships that we saw in the same models that they used to be, but photographed mm-hmm. this new way was fun. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, it's not as fun as it would have been if it were the Enterprise that we knew. You know, if they could find mm-hmm. a way for it to have been that, that would maybe have been a little more fun. Um, and there are things about it that I liked that was fun. The most, as I said, my favorite thing in the whole episode is the open. They changed the opening credits. Um, yes, and they were that that god awful song because they were doing this. It was a whole what if episode. Yeah, what if we did a series about the mirror universe? Yeah, you know, you've had fans. I mean, I I love going to the sci fi conventions. You get the fans walking up to me because you know I work with the Star Trek folks, and they sit there and they say, "Ooh, I read this idea. I don't understand what they do a whole series about the mirror universe." I'm like, because there's not enough there to do a whole series, and that was what you ended up with. The problem with Mirror Darkly was there wasn't really enough there. Yeah. To do a whole two-part episode, you had to shove so much and in. had some kind of crossover. But but to do a whole two-hour movie, and of course, just about yeah. your universe, and and of course, well, you have to end with a member of the crew becoming the empress of the universe. Exactly. You know, like it's like this couldn't be an episode. This would be the final episode of that series if that was a series. Because exactly. the series yes. changes so fast. Exactly. Um, so it's like, eh. Um, now, here's the, my question. If that really is the Mirror Universe, why isn't their technology in the time of the TOS episode, Mirror Mirror, more advanced? Well, I mean, that, but that's... I because now they had a Defiant ship 100 years before that, right? Who knows? That, so they should be 100 yeah. years ahead in technology. So they should have next-gen technology when they met TOS. And by the time they met the, the next-gen folks from DS9, their technology should be way over top. But, by the way, can I make a, a, my, one of my favorite things about the DS9 uh, crossover episodes? Was I forget which mm. one it was? Was that one of them had Tuvok in it, and they don't talk yes. about it? He's there. He is Tuvok. They don't make a big deal out yes. of it. He's just sort yeah. of there, and yeah. it was such a subtle idea that they didn't draw very much attention to it. He's only there for like two seconds, but just the idea that he's there, and it's oh, yeah. it's something I really enjoyed in the um, parallels episode of Next Generation, where in one of the parallel episodes, Wesley Crusher was still on the ship. And, oh yeah, oh and yeah. They, no, and, they did that. They did that. I noticed in um, the episode. What was it? Um, yesterday's Enterprise. Not only is Wesley on the ship, but he's a lieutenant. Um, but I think Wesley was still on the ship when yesterday's Enterprise aired, though. No, he was already off the ship. He's already then. off the ship by then. He was already off the ship by then. He was back on for that episode, and you'll also see him on the episode where Worf was doing the one. Where yeah, he was that's jumping that's the, the, that's the one I'm talking about. Is Peril. Wesley was back in that one as well. So yeah. the two episodes they brought Wesley Crusher back for after he left. The yeah, show. well, and and you know he was in a bunch of other episodes too, but mm-hmm. they were all the the episodes about Wesley, and there was this, there was the Wesley's at the academy. Wesley's helping to oh, found yeah. the Maquis. Wesley oh, yeah. is doing this. Wesley's back with Ashley Judd. Oh, yeah. you know, let's not get back in the fact that that's probably the most overused, poorly created character in the history yeah. of Star Trek. And no offense to the actor, Will Wheaton, because Will Wheaton's an awesome. Yeah, Will, guy, Will Wheaton is now not. the most famous guy of all. So you know, oh yes, he's, and, he's, and, and what, what's terrible about it is he knows how bad it was. So yeah. you know, but the and uh, um, just terrible. Um, we're kind of yes. we're starting to run out of time on the show, so I I, I do want to hit sort of my my ultimate thoughts on on this universe um please do which is this i feel like they missed a huge fucking chance to do something really cool um and i understand they had a a giant thing going on with the dominion but um they really built a continuity in the mirror universe they built a story they built what was going on and they started planting the seeds of they can come here i think that there needed to be um 
like a three or four episode arc where they actually tried to invade. I I, I, I actually am going to very much agree with you because um, you know when you when you have such a big setup like that, yeah, I mean, and and then it's it is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean they never said that that's what was imminent. You never felt that the the that that was something that was about to happen. But at the same time, you know, you got the sense, uh, and I really got the sense when I when I read the uh, the Star Trek uh, novel, um, Dark Mirror. I think it was Dark Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, that like like Alexander, he cried because he had no more worlds to conquer. You know, and I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like they would have, as much as like the Ferengi wanted to go over there and exploit their economy, they would have wanted to come over here and just you know, just. R- you know rail us and they and i feel mm-hmm. like that should have that should have happened and then at the end you close the door for all time and all as well and i feel like yeah i i kind of wish that that had that they had been willing to go there now i do understand mm-hmm. that by the time you get to the end there's already so much built up to have one more five five episode arc yeah that might have been a little too much might have been hard mm-hmm. to do to me, i actually think that i wish they'd, that they'd have done it earlier on it's it, to me part. Of, I took a little bit of fun out of me was that, not that the episodes were bad, but keeping revisiting it the way they did, it lost impact each time. Yeah, it went as opposed to having it build to a crescendo. I feel, but at the same exactly. time, I think when they started it, I don't think they had any idea how big what they were going to do. I don't think they had any any intention of doing anything more with it. I think it was one of those like let's do a mirror universe episode, and then somebody went, "Hey, I got an idea for another one." Yeah, so I I, I wish I think that could have been cool. I wish that could have happened. Um, I don't know if they ever did that in the books. I don't get the sense that they ever had a full-on invasion from the mirror universe, but I feel like it's something I still would love to see happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love if, like, the it's not going to be this Star Trek movie, but if, like, the third Star Trek movie was the mirror universe, I think that would be cool, you know, to see mirror... That could be interesting. I, I'd be interested in seeing what they yeah. did in the mirror universe. You know, I'm surprised they never did it theatrically. I think that would have been how fun would it have been to like if Star Trek Five instead of you know whatever Star Trek Five was, if it was a, a return to the mirror universe. How cool would that have been? Actually, it would have been interesting. Yeah, you know, that and and it could have been cheap because those are generally ship shows, ship based shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been, Star Trek Five would have been good if actually would have let Shatner use his original script and gave him some money. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, that's a whole other story. Well, I, you know what, I, I would say that that. I, I, and we can, we, I could talk about Star Trek V telling blue in the face. I think that the original script for Star Trek V was not everything it should have been. I feel like even the stuff where they had the dough, I feel like the jokes fell flat. I felt like the characters didn't resonate right. Oh, I agree. You know, Spotty, oh, I agree. Scotty banging his head, clunk. Yeah, it would have been nice to see the rock monsters be fully realized, but. True. But. No, I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. You know, I, th- that this being said, would have been interesting considering how they revamped all the rest of them. It, why didn't they let him revamp it, that? It one? had it had some of the best character work, so I'll give it that. I love I love the the Yosemite. Stuff. I th- I, yes, I love probably it. the best stuff on the show on the episode. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, I think that much of the rest of it was. I don't want to say bad. Agreed. It's still Star Trek. It's still fun. Agreed. I'm not hating. Agreed, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm still with you. I'll watch it. I'll watch it more often than I'll watch... No. No. I'll watch it more often than I'll watch the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it more often than they do that um, that last TNG movie they did. No, I'll, I'll still watch Nemesis with, more. With, with the Picard clone. <sighs> with the Picard clone who's who's Bane in the new Star Trek, in the new uh, Batman movie. Yeah, nothing like Picard. You know what? You, but you wouldn't... Look, I don't want to shit on Tom Hardy, though, because... 
No, no, no. I like Tom Hardy. Yeah, you know, that that you know that. I just don't. You know, I think the movie was bad, but that's just not Tom Hardy's fault. Yeah. Well, the movie is is again. You know, listen to the our Nemesis episode, but it's it, it's the greatest missed opportunity in the world that you could have had Patrick Stewart uh, you know, versus Patrick Stewart. There is one where I really agree with you because I think there was a lot that had that had a lot of potential and made. Yeah. Well, it's, it's you, know. you know, it's if it were just Patrick Stewart versus Patrick Stewart would have been amazing. I'm interested to see what he's going to do with Bane, I have to say. It was interesting casting. Well, it's that's the thing. If you Did you see Inception? Yes. He's in Inception. I loved Inception. And, oh, yeah. and he's great in it. So Christopher Nolan is really kind of like just using the Inception cast now. Yeah, he really is actually. Because think about it, there's what at least four or five actors from Inception in this movie. Yeah, so he's like, he's just introducing them. I am, you know, Dark Knight comes out in like, like a week from Friday, from now. Mm-hmm. So that's so to give you an idea of when we're recording, um, I am so thrilled about it. The trailers, I the, they just released a new trailer that like the first third of the trailer are clips from the first two Nolan Batman movies. And mm-hmm. by the end of the trailer, I'm in goosebumps. It's just great. It's just fun. And so I well enjoyed this one because you know the next planned Batman movie is going to be a um, a uh, reboot. You know what? That's I'm fine with that. I think like the Bond movies, I think that Batman mm-hmm. can be readapted as long as it's well. Well, uh, DC Comics is learning a very hard and fast lesson from Marvel Comics. Um, quit making comic book movies where your characters don't exist in the comic book world because then you can't have them meet each other. If you can't have them meet each other, you can't do the Justice League movie. Well, and the thing is about the Justice League, Justice League movie, in this case, it should be ten times easier for DC to do it because it because Warner Brothers, which owns DC, owns all of the DC properties. So, so, whereas the Marvel movies can't use Spider-Man and they can't use X-Men. And they can't exactly. use Fantastic Four, you know, which I want to see them in in the Avengers universe. I totally want because the the X Men and the oh, yeah. the X Men the Avengers are really really connected. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, oh, and Spider Man and the and uh, and the um, uh, Spider Man is very connected to the Fantastic well, Four. And Spider Man's a I member mean, of the you, Avengers. When you go back to the original black costume, you go back to the original black costume. Oh yeah. Story. It was Reed Richards that got the alien parasite off of Peter Parker. And so, and I mean, and you know. Well, don't get me started on the big screen portrayal of Venom. Goodness gracious! Um, oh, uh, mm. which is not Thomas Hayden Church's or not Thomas? Uh, what's his name? Um, from that '70s show. It's not his fault. Yeah, it's just no, I, no. I just once look, again. I don't. Once again, don't blame the actor. Um, I'm a big fan of the of another podcast here. I'll shout out a podcast who doesn't even know he exists. Um, the Now Playing podcast. Um, is ah, yes. is one of my favorite podcasts. And listeners out mm. there, can you like email them and let them know that we like them? Um, the, they're called now playing. It's the now playing pa- podcast. I've been listening to them religiously. Um, but let them know, just drop them some emails, go, Hey, there's this Trek off podcast. They say that you're cool. Um, and maybe they'll you get should the listen to them because they're cool. Uh, they are cool. I do like them, but they, uh, they just, no, I mean, they should say that to them about us. Um, they just did a Spider-Man retrospective. Um, and they ah. got to Spider-Man three and really point out all the humongous problems in that film. Oh, yes. and that, now, did they like the new Spider-Man film? Um, they, one of them really did. Um, the other two, uh, not so much. See, I'm I'm hearing very mixed reviews. I liked it. I saw. I liked it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was. Of course, I heard a lot of mixed reviews on Prometheus too. And then after I watched it, I still don't know exactly what happened. Yeah, I haven't heard that many mixed reviews on Prometheus. Yeah, I, I, I've heard pretty universally about it. Hey, you know what um, I did tonight? Um, I get, By the way, as we're coming to a close, I said I would tell you about this concert I went to tonight. 
Um, oh yes, please. I Thank went you. and saw my favorite band in the world, Bare Naked Ladies, tonight. Awesome. Um, what a fucking show, man! Really? Wow, these guys are, and I've seen them like eight times, eight nine times. Um, but uh, most of our fans, um, who are not already BNL fans, probably know Bare Naked Ladies as the guys who did the theme to The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what everybody knows them for now. Before everybody yes. knew them for one week, uh, which is the song, one of the biggest songs of the '90s. Um, and then before that, everybody knew them for "If I Had a Million Dollars." They have a bunch of really good songs in between. They have a song that's on Contemporary Adult Radio right now called "You Run Away," which is an amazing song. Um, they did. Um, I saw them with uh, Big Head, Todd and the Monster, and um, and Cracker. Um, but this. I mean, I, I've seen them every other year for years. I saw them last summer, and last summer they gave what I thought was a pretty lackluster show. Um, and they're, one of their two lead singers had quit the band, uh, and so they're, they were adjusting to be a, being a four-piece. They still won't play You Run Away, which is about him leaving the band. They didn't play it in that concert, and they didn't play it in this one, even though it's their biggest hit right now. Um, they just, last year I was disappointed, and I was like, wow, I wonder if I'm watching a band truly in decline. Um, the tonight, man, they were on fire. They were oh, astounding, and they were. That brings me back. Like I saw them the pre one week. I first, I I was a big fan of them in high school. So one, if to give you an idea of of, of how long they've like really been around, one week came out in nineteen ninety nine, and that's everybody knew, you know, or nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine. I think ninety eight, but everybody knows it's been one week. Everybody knows that song. I was listening to them in 1992. Um, uh, so before many of their big hits came out when they only had one album called Gordon. Um, and, uh, and I saw them in concert uh, when their third album, Born on a Pirate Ship, came out. I saw them in concert uh, in 1996 at a club. And I had seen them a few times and they were spectacular. Um, but last summer, something was just wrong. And I was so excited tonight to see them just, just fired up and they were funny like they used to be. Um, they were tons of energy. They were running around the stage. I had fifth row seats. Um, thank you, StubHub. Um, and just had just a killer time. But I would suggest if you've Baronic Laters coming to your town and you're even a moderate fan of them, pay anything. It's that good of a show. Yeah. So that's my take on, on the ladies. Oh, I, I I I wish I could have been with you. This sounds fantastic. Um, well, Absolutely fantastic. Just it's they're just a great show. And and if you don't want to, if you don't have the opportunity to see them live, uh, go back and they have a an al- Their very first album, the one that has Brian Wilson. If I had a million dollars, is called Gordon. Um, it is such an odd mix of folk rock, pop, and jazz, and country. Um, wow. That that. It's such a hodgepodge of, and yet it has a, a a use of acoustic guitar that that gives a a a sort of unifying tone to the whole album. So it's not a hodgepodge. It's in my opinion mm-hmm. one of one of the greatest albums out there. I put them up with boy, I'm gonna get shit on for this, but I don't care. I put them up there with, there with the Beatles. Um, wow. Except they never reached that level of fame. Um, uh, except that they they do have. I've, or, let me rephrase. I would have put them up there with the Beatles around stunt. Um, Maroon had some problems. Uh, Everything to everyone has a couple of weird tracks that that I don't love. 
and they are two albums, um, Bare Naked Ladies Are Me and Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. Those albums are not, are, are by and large not very good. Um, but uh, if you take the their first three, Gordon, um, Gordon, Maybe You Should Drive and Born on a Pirate Ship, um, and then Stunt, Half a Maroon, and their new album, All in Good Time, um, like you will find every genre of music. And Paul McCartney was asked once, like, what band that he thinks is doing like what the Beatles used to do. And he said, bare naked ladies. So I'm in good company with my assessment. So don't get too mad at me. Um, so there, <laughs> boy, okay. well, I'm going to get hate mail for that. I'm going to get hate mail for that. I'm going to get hate mail for that. Sorry guys. Well, you know what? People send you hate mail because they hate you. But I mean, you know, not that there's that many people. You know what you. the thing is? And, <laughs> it, and it's not that much so much anymore because they don't have two lead singers, but they used to have two lead singers of very different styles and tones who, who built off of each other and constrained each other in a lot of ways. Um, which is a big thing about the Beatles. The Beatles was a band with two lead singers. Um, um, and then every other musician of the band could also occasionally sing a song on the album, which is true for Bare Naked Ladies. And the Beatles, you know, would have a waltz next to a pop song next to a, you know, a bluegrass, you know, and so do Bare Naked Ladies. And that's the thing is that there's, there's, it's, it's the, the variety of music that you'll be able to hear by being a BNL fan that extends so mm-hmm. much past what makes it on the radio. Um, their wow. songs that make it on the radio are all kind of one thing. And if you listen to their albums, they're so different than that. Oh, that's awesome. So there. Fantastic. I just did a commercial for Bare Naked Ladies. You if, did. If anyone you out there did. knows Bare Naked Ladies, please send them an email. <laughs> Let them know that Justin loves. Them I love them. Like seriously, as much I as as Alexi loves Alexander sitting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, and I and so I like like I've met many of my heroes. I still have not gotten to meet them. Um, them and Joss Whedon, um, two people that I really want to meet. Uh, but there you go. Many of my other heroes. Have to set that up. I've gotten to meet and actually become friends with a couple. So. So I'm lucky, but man, do I want to meet like these famous people, people like me? <laughs> um, well, I just feel like like. Well, talk about meeting your heroes, man. You've met a ton of the Trek people. I have met quite a few of them. Yes, as a as a like Trek. I said, I've had the I've had the pleasure of working with uh, Walter Koenig and uh, George Takei, and um, like I said, uh, just uh, not that long ago, I had the uh, opportunity to work with uh, Barbara Luna. Yeah, seriously. And, uh, like yes, the episode that I start with her on www.startrekphase2.com. I knew you were going to do it. Enemy even, Starfleet. Even after I fucking ribbed you for 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 oh, doing absolutely, your plug. I'm going to push it. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't mention it. my live one man show. I'm doing in August at the Source Theater. Oh yeah, yeah look, give me, give me, give me, give me a couple minutes on that because you mentioned that in passing. You're like, I'm going to do my one man show, and I was like, okay, yes, cool. you can um, actually go to our Facebook page. Bases loaded. The play. Okay. Um, it is a uh, show uh, written by a gentleman that I did a comedy film with, Lawn Disorder, Ken Bieber. Uh, it's about his experiences as a Little League dad. And um, he had four boys. So he uh, wrote this little play, and then we kind of adapted it for, for my performing level. And I'll be performing it at The Source um, in uh, D.C. on August 13th and 15th. That's a Monday and a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. If you go to our Facebook page. And um, let, let's be let's be clear, play, folks out there. You so can get the ticket information for people for in the D.C. area. Yeah. For people who don't know, um, being able to like being able to be because not everyone who listens to shows Washingtonian being able to True. do something at the source. That's a that's a that's a fucking coup, man. 
that's a uh, kudos to you because they like, like that is like in terms of of so washington dc has a bunch of theaters where they bring in other shows from other places or they cast out of New York, like, you know, Arena Stage and stuff like that, or Shakespeare, or National Theater, Kennedy Center, whatever. But there are a couple of really well-known local theaters that are that are known for just doing great artistic, like, kind of off-Broadway quality work. Not off-off-Broadway, but yes. like... Well, we like, liked it, too, because, you know, the uh, WIT, the Washington Improv Theater, performs there a lot as well. And so the venue just really works out well for doing, you know... It's it's a smaller venue, like I said, it's about 120 people, which is perfectly fine. But it's, it's, it's one of the theaters that, you know, you hear studio theater, you hear source theater, you hear... Um, you know, you do hear about the the second stages for Arena... I mean, these are these are the the good places to be, man. This is this is quite a feather in your cap. So I'm I am I am well, thank you. I I am excited. Everybody needs to go. Give them the website again. Okay, you just go to our Facebook page, which is Bases Loaded the Play. Bases Loaded the so, Play. Um, is there is there also informa- information at the source webpage? You think? Um, may not be word actually uh, independently running uh, using okay. the cinema, so I don't know if they have anything on their page at this time. So, okay, so so um, look I'll it up. Check on that. Um, Paul is also uh, a major character in Ninjas vs Vampires, which you can see on uh, Netflix. And uh, I just got done editing a little appearance in a film oh. by someone. Um, uh, excited to excited to ask our audience to pretend that he wasn't in the last one. Spoiler alert, you might be able to catch Paul in uh, in the new movie um, wearing a shirt that says, go ahead, say it. Go ahead, say it. You uh, Greedo shot first. Up. Greedo shot first all over your shirt. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, you know, somebody has to. <laughs> um, uh, but just a, uh, um, you're busy, dude. You're, you're, your name pops up all the time. If there's a project, you're probably in it. Well, you know, I got. They just did a, a small role in uh, uh, June Degas's new film, Split Personality. Um, I'm going to be in uh, Derek Gray's upcoming film, 25 Years, playing a major role in that. Um, looking at a couple you're, other smaller projects right now as well. You're going to be the next fucking George Stover, man. You're in everything. No, you're just saying that to be nice. That's <laughs> and 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 anyone who knows you know you know George, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. George and I are very good friends, actually. The, Let's say, you know what, let's, let's just like talk about our friends as if we're not recording. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) We've stopped being funny. Okay. Listen, I'm going to let, I'm going to let our audience go. Um, so uh, thank you guys. Give me information about getting you all these files for, uh, for, uh, thanks guys for listening. Um, my name is Justin, uh, and, uh, with me today has been the, the incredible, Paul Sieber. Um, you guys you. are lucky to be hearing from him. Um, here, plug one more thing. What's one more thing that they can find you doing right now? Uh, let's see. Right now. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, I think the biggest thing I've got going right now is getting ready for uh, Basis Loaded to play. Um, once again, at the Source Theater on August 13th and 15th in Washington, D.C. on 14th Street. Visit our Facebook page, Basis Loaded to play. Um, get information about ticket sales there. If you're from D.C., if you're visiting D.C., um, or what just come to DC to see it. That's the thing, you know. So. Yeah. So uh, that's it. My name is Justin. I'm Paul. And trek off, nice people. <laughs> I can't use. I tried saying the other one once, and Alexia bit my nose off. So <laughs> trek off, wonderful people. Bye. Ah.
You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment